United States of America that was prevalent, and that was the Republicans, the Democrats, and the church. Three separate entities. When, when the Republicans and the Democrats got into it, which they always have and they still do, they would look to the church as the moral authority to say, both of y'all are wrong and need to get right with God. But if you notice now, there is no more church that's set apart from the two religious parties. So now, the Republicans and the Democrats are basically the Pharisees and the Sadducees of today. Yes. Welcome back to Just Talking About the Bible. Hello. I'm David Walker. I'm Hiltrude Walker, also known as BB. And I'm Dennis Pixley. And today, we um, don't have any visitors. <laughs> I hope y'all, yeah, it's just us. I hope y'all appreciated that episode. We always thought it would be nice to uh, have people on who have a different denomination, a different walk, a different outlook on Christianity as a whole. For the next couple of weeks, we will be going through the parables in the Bible, and we will go over five or six of them. And today we've decided to do the tear and the wheat. So my wonderful wife is going to read that parable, and then we will discuss it. And this is found in Matthew chapter 13, starting at verse 24, going through verse 30. And she'll be reading from the King James Version. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we, that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. One of the things I find very fascinating about this parable is once the men found out that there were bad seeds along with the good one, they wanted to immediately go out and start deciding for themselves which were the tares and which were the wheat. And I think that's why we have so much trouble when it comes to church. Because we're not smart enough to understand who's the tear and who's the wheat. And in an effort to try to pick out the bad seeds, uh, we go through what the military call friendly fire. Friendly fire is when you are shooting at the enemy so much in such a sporadic type fashion 
that you end up shooting some of the people on your own team and you're injuring your own troops just because the communication isn't right just because somebody got a signal cross somewhere and we kill each other i can't tell you how many times i've heard people say stuff like you've been going to this church long enough you should and i'm like wow you know there's such an emphasis on pleasing man and doing things just because that's what men want you to do that god has no real part and it's like even in your own personal life all these people that you deem to be not worthy that you deem to be uh going straight to hell you would be shocked at the end of their life what they could become because if we just attacked everybody who we thought was doing wrong then they would have killed the apostle paul before he had a chance to write the new testament why because he was going to churches drag i mean going to people's homes dragging them out doing whatever he wanted to because they didn't want the word of god to spread but somewhere in the middle of his story god turned him around and said i'm going to use him and we can't handle that as people we want to freeze everybody in the moment of time of where they're at right now but they have a story to live out they still have time to go and we don't want to give them that time and it's funny because if it was us or someone we loved, we would want God to give them all the time necessary for them to straighten things out. But we don't necessarily give people that same leeway. We don't want to pray for them. We want to punish them. We just want to wipe our hands. We got these box that we put stuff people in in our heads. Good person, bad person, just black and white. Throw them in this, throw them in that. Now, I'm not saying be ignorant and do this, that, and the other. I'm saying that if you are to be a believer of Christ, look, if you have to leave somebody alone, leave them alone. You can pray for them from a distance, but the goal is for not for you to put your tongue on them and send everybody to hell. If they got a difficult personality, that's what my wife calls people, diff difficult personalities. A lot of other people have a very colorful words for people with, diff with difficult personalities, but that's what she calls them. And you know what? That's what they might have. God bless them. Leave them alone. I find it odd that Christians love to at least the ones I've come across, they love to be right more than they love to share the gospel. It's like, well, this is your denomination and y'all do this and y'all do that. And I'm like, whoa, are we fighting over who's right? Are we fighting over, you know, um, who's following God correctly? Because based upon your attitude, you already lost this fight before we even started the conversation. Because <laughs> the spirit is moving you. You're not trying to condemn anybody. Jesus said, hey, look, if they ain't against us, leave them alone. And just because I might say things the way that you wouldn't say them and do things maybe the way you wouldn't do them and you think I'm skirting the line or you think I might be tippy-toeing toward the dark, you know what? Let God work that out, not you. If you're a Christian, I'm on your side. I want to spread the word of Jesus to everybody. I want them all to have their moment and I want all of them to get baptized in his name. I want them all to be speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I want them all to do that. And if you disagree with any of that, I'm still on God's side. I'm not telling people to go sin. I'm not telling them to do this, that, and the other. But people will pluck me up in a heartbeat saying, up, oh, that's a week. And I think that's the hatred of man and not the love of God that's in them. I'm done.
Okay, that's a wheat, I meant tear. Right. Okay. Um, yes, um, I'm, under, I'm understanding uh, the dilemma. You know, when I, um, when I looked at this, I, um, I was remembering that back in the day when I, when I uh, went over this, I realized that there was something that was going on because the parables are, are special, mm-hmm. okay? And there was always controversy in the parables because of uh, understanding them. Even, even today, people say, well, that's just your interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. So when I looked at this parable, I realized that understanding the Gospels, for one thing, is um, there's parts of the Gospels that are synoptic, meaning you can find this passage in two or three of the Gospels, the three Gospels that are synoptic, which is uh, Matthew, um, Mark, John, and Luke. Uh, yeah, Luke. John and Luke. Luke. Yeah. So, this particular parable is not synoptic. And I was sitting there while I was looking at it, I was like, I was going to try to go find the other takes on it. And then I understood why. So when I what I did was I went back and then I was looking and I, when I realized this right here was a troubling day for Jesus. Jesus had somehow, if I can use this term, um picked the fight with the church. I know I might be a little loose, but I'm going to be loose with this because I want to be quick with it also. He and his disciples had been going through um, the field on the Sabbath, and they were hungry, and they began to eat, and they got criticized by the Pharisees, which is a denomination of the church back then. I mean, you know, they had the uh, Pharisees, Sadducees, and and, uh, Gnostics. It's like we got with the Catholics and the... And, uh, and the Baptist, and right, you, Baptist. You, you know, and then you got the, the, the Seventh Day Adventist. Uh, yeah. So, but here the Pharisees found cause against him and his disciples for doing what was unlawful on the Sabbath day. Okay, mm-hmm. and and that criticism, he explained to them that he was Lord of the Sabbath. And and then after that, he brought a man to him that had a withered hand. He said, what? Is it unlawful to do good on the Sabbath? So the man stretched out his hand and he was healed. Then they kept challenging him, bringing another man to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, um, one where it was demon-possessed, who he, he also delivered. And then they called him uh, say a, a, a worker of Beelzebub, right, right. <laughs> you know, stirring him up. But then they plotted to kill him in the process. And you mentioned Paul, and that's the whole reason why Paul's um, whole mission was for to go through the same things that he went through for his namesake. Mm-hmm. So as he continued on, he and his disciples, he wanted to try to explain to them 
what was happening with him at the moment. What, why are they attacking us? Why are they saying anything? Or, or, or what's the issue with the law and you, Christ, that the church has? And they um, uh, also they um, came about after he uh, brought up a couple more of the parables of which we're going to go through later. They tried to um, interrupt him and say, your mother and brother is out here trying to get him <laughs> to go home. Right. You know? And he pulled his disciples to the side and told them this parable, which is why it's not synoptic. When he spoke to the crowds, he spoke in other, at other times. A large group of people understood and heard these certain uh, parables but this particular parable he only told to his disciples off to the side and later on he explained it to them also off to the side so it's just why that I, I, I can see there is a, a, a deeper meaning to this particular um, uh parable because Jesus had a message for his chosen ones and when you talk about the idea that the church can be infested <laughs> by troubling people mm -hmm. and you say that now, now, now look you know we don't have that in here you know you see how they, you see how they looking you see how they dressing you see what they doing over there and you want to throw them out and you want to say something to them, or you want to criticize them, or you want to break, break them down. Understandably so, we're dealing with the church. You're not dealing with the outside world. So the parables is about people who you would deem or esteem as brethren. Which is why he, he told them, no, I can't have you just going out plucking, you know, pulling people out or throwing people out or, or dismissing people here or there because you're going to end up not liking little sister so-and-so because she ain't said nothing and you want her to open up and you're going to throw her out right along with the with the, with, with the tears because you're assuming because she didn't say nothing she might be a problem or you may, or you may uh, keep one of the ones that's probably boisterous and whatever because you agree with some of the stuff they say some of the time and other stuff they, you don't even hardly hear them saying and everybody else, well, when he was with me, he was all like you said, he was, you know, but you want to keep him because he always said something nice to you but never anything nice to anybody else. So we would have our own personal problems with clearing out the, the, the bad ones from the good ones because we don't have enough information We're, th these aren't our servants these are God's servants and God has a whole plan that he's going to send the reapers in time like, like Sister B read we just have to trust the process but the tares and the wheats is about the church it's about us mm -hmm. it's an understanding as to how we grow how we mature how we deal with one another respectfully how we should be um like like you said always prayerful for the saints mm -hmm. for the brethren 
because we don't know um, who God is going to choose in the last days. Well, our hope is he'll choose us all. We're going to all make it. But it's up to him to decide, not us to decide if anybody doesn't make it. Yeah. Yeah, because God looks at the heart and man looks at the outward appearance. And so being, you know, carnal and human man, um, woman, whatever, um, when you're looking at the church and you see tares and wheat grow together, okay, you see tear and wheat, <laughs> but what does God see? God sees the heart and knows, okay, this person here is rough around the edges and man, they look a mess, but do I have a work for them? And they're going to save nations and they're going to, you know, sing, preach, whatever. Um, and he'd be like, no, 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 that, that's a wheat. But you can't tell because maybe you're a terror. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're finding it out already. No, that's, 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 behind the pew. <laughs> that's, that's profound, though. That is, that's, that's, that's deep because some of these plants, when he says, you know, the, some, you know, the evil one is coming, the, they are so deeply planted that they don't even recognize themselves as being yeah they they don't recognize themselves as being even uh you know working with the enemy but lord help me you praying for me brother right i'm gonna i'm gonna see the light (laughs) yeah we we apologize yeah so so to pull up the tears because you think you know something you really really we should humble ourselves humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and realize he is God and if we go pulling tears and things out we're actually putting ourselves in the place of God we're becoming the judge the jury and the executioner Mm -hmm. and God said no no let them grow together because number one you don't know my plan you don't know the hearts of the people that you're pointing out as being a tear um and, and you just just be about your father's business. You have a call in your life. Get yourself straight with God. Get yourself on the straight and narrow. Because when you're on that path that God wants you on, you will love people. You will love them. And it won't make sense to you on the carnal side, but on the spiritual side, you'll just be, oh my goodness, let me pray for that person. I know how that sin feels. I know how far from God they feel, but I also know there is potential there. And if I pour into them on the spiritual side, they won't be a tear for long. You know what I mean? And maybe that's God's plan, not only to develop that person who looks like a tear, but develop the other people who are pointing out the people who look like a tear to bring them down off of their high horse and their judgmental and their self-righteousness to become what he wants them to become. So it's 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 full circle. It's everybody. That's amazing because, like I said, um, if you are looking at somebody for any stretch of time and saying to yourself, now this ain't God saying it to you. This ain't the spirit revealing it to you. When you say to yourself, hmm. I don't think they're right. I don't think they belong here. You got work to do. Because you should look at them and say, let me pray for them. Because Mm -hmm. the thoughts that I have, I need to capture them and bring them under the subjection to the knowledge of God. Because if you are spirit filled, you ain't even, you know what? It ain't even your business. 
if God wanted that person out of the church, God will speak to the pastor. He will speak to, you know, a couple other people. A lot of ways can get done, but you want it to be done by your hand. That's why when people tell you stories, they get scared. I knew it and God told me that this was going to happen. And so I told them and then I told them to do X, Y, and Z. And then I had to stand up for somebody. And then I said, I was like, whoa, this is all about you then, huh? You kind of like, you know, Moses, must we fetch the fetch water from this rock and you want to smoke the rock twice? Why? Because you putting a we in there. Mm -hmm. God can do it without you. Right. And then what you holding yourself in such esteem as to uh, look out and say who's right and who's wrong, not knowing that, you know, I think now in days, that's why uh, the church is turned upside down, because like. Like the Bible says, and my wife mentioned earlier, you know, uh, men look on the outward appearance. So as long as you got that suit, you got that Denzel Washington smile, and you know at least three scriptures, you're always invited to the club because you fit the profile. And God is like, yeah, on the outside they might, but they don't on the inside. God is taking that person who's struggling with drugs, that person who's struggling with different type of uh, alcohol addictions and things like that and says this is the person I'm going to use but they drank I can you use hey, that ain't none of your business God is going to turn it around because it's too much judgmentalness going on inside of the church they don't want to humble themselves if you don't I mean the church is like a hospital but you can't come in until you're well <laughs> you're not allowed to come in sick you ain't got to check with your HMO because they ain't covering you unless you're well what sense does that make I don't care what you're doing. Come in and let Christ make a change. And we ain't, we don't have the patience for that. We don't have the patience for that. When you come in, Archer, you, you better be saved. It's like hitting a portal or something. When you walk through, you know, that sweat jogging pants outfit to better turn into a suit. You bald a Sinead O'Connor, you better have hair all down your back like they do in, in some of the movies, even if it's a weave. Okay, we just need to see some kind of hair. And it's wrong. It's 100% wrong. Your whole attitude, demeanor is based upon judging and not praying and not helping. And the more you walk with God, the more it should humble you. It shouldn't make you more bitter. That's true. That's true. One of the um, great, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? Um, treat, yeah. Charity. Rule. Charity. Yeah. Treat others as, as you want to be treated, and 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 that's and that is um, the the necessary trait that we're looking for here as a as a foundation for uh, spiritual growth. You know, because uh, you know, I'm not saying I've never been to church. I've been I was in church for, for for a while, and I know church people, mm -hmm. but I understand the the relationship. Of a church organization, of a church family, and I and I uh, and I understand that in that setting, the it's it's like everywhere else. It's like on the job. You come in, you 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 got the white hat. You just attempt. You only expected to know so much and do so much to a certain degree until you get hired. You get you a blue hat. Then you go with that tier one. Then you, when you get become that that, that that experienced operator, when you can run two or three lines, then you're tier three, tier whatever, till you become the lead. But then as you go up, your chest stick out. I mean, you know how we do. Mm -hmm. 
No, no, no. When the next temp come in, no, you listen. Now you look. Now you point your finger at the temps that come in the white hats because right. you got a little problem with prestige. Mm-hmm. But can you see it in the church? Where is this our problem? Yes. Now, take that foundation of charity, of humility, and you envelop that through the spirit that as you grow, you continue to be a servant to one another. Jesus was the greatest servant, but that's one of the traits of the church would not emulate. We tend to emulate <laughs> the ones who who had a problem with him, the kings and the princes and the and, and, and the and the powerful and the upright. When we grow in the Lord, instead of continuing in charity, servitude, humility with one another, because mm-hmm. my whole idea, I thought the, the body of Christ was to build up, not to tear down. Yeah. So if heaven is waiting on a number I keep mentioning this why would you chase anybody out of the church yeah I'm saying I understand you may have problems with some of those tears yes some of those ones that rub you the wrong way right but we have to find a way through prayer and the strength of God to to patiently endure right you know what I'm saying (laughs) because like you said well, you know, you don't always have to stay at a, at a particular now, building to still be in the church. Now, I know no, you're going to go ahead. No, go just, ahead. Just, I just want to clarify one thing. Yes. Uh, there are reasons to kick people out of church. <laughs> the Bible even sets up a ways to dismiss somebody from the body. You know, but it's not one person. We're just talking about individuals. We ain't even talking about pastors necessarily. We just people, busy bodies, running around, swearing that they're the only holy person, they're the only saved person, and the whole time they want to tear somebody down. Those two things don't go hand in hand. Yeah, I understand. You understand church etiquette better when it comes to. Well, um, I'm just saying. I'm you, no, no, you understand that. The, the, I mean, right. I, I remember the rules. They say when, when you have a problem with somebody, mm-hmm. bring them all together, right. and, then, the and then you work Paul, it out. Right. The Apostle Paul's basically uh mapped it out how it should be done Mm -hmm. just to make sure you know it's like when people leave a church it shouldn't be no hard feelings it shouldn't be out of spite it shouldn't be out of anger because when it is then that lets you know that the devil's hand was a was a foot (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean that's 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 what it means because if you wanted like we was thinking about starting a church years ago and we told our pastor, he's like, oh, that'd be great. Look, we can come down, we can help. You know what I mean? We can help you spread the word, we can try to help. I mean, that was 100%, and that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. But when there's agendas involved, when there's just, you know, uh, too many people who've been in charge, and they just, you know, they just want to keep their chest out to keep what ego. Because see, men have too big of an ego problem, myself included. Men, all of us, we do. We look for the smallest thing to uh, puff out our chest at to give us meaning. We all need to have meaning. Every man, woman, and child, we need to have a reason to exist. We need to have a meaning. We need to have a calling. We need to have guidance. And in the absence of finding Christ and getting your true calling, you gravitate and go toward wherever people will celebrate you, period. I heard this cop after this child just died. This child was on a, uh, was on a, was on a, um, a four-wheeler. And he was driving down the street. This cop tased him. 
while he was driving the four, the uh, four wheeler. And when he tased him, of course, the guy just fell flat. The the four wheeler flipped over a couple times, ended up killing the kid. And he was calling tape saying, well, that's what he get. If you want to act like an adult, then we're going to show him how to be an adult. That's what he get. I don't care what anybody say. I'm like, wow. That's when your ego is just so far out of control. You can't even see straight. The ego of his badge. Now, of course, all cops ain't bad. Come on, don't get all caught up in that. You got bad people in every uh, profession known to man. And to block your sight from human suffering, it was a teenager on a four-wheeler. He literally had his life ahead of him. He didn't deserve to die because he was on a four-wheeler driving down the street. And why you would tase him, and then he died, and you doubled down on it. You just lost your soul as far as I'm concerned. And there I go. See what I just did? Judged him. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, hurt people. Yeah. Hurt, hurt people. Yeah. That's very, very So true. when you're in church and you're wanting to pull the tears up, thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to put this person in their place or that person, you got to stop and ask yourself, okay, why am I so honed in on this individual? Why? What is going on? Where am I hurt at that I'm trying to hurt somebody else? You know what I mean? Did that happen to you when you first got in church? And so now you're just passing it on to the next one? Well, look, we, we don't want to be all cryptic. Because, like, I remember we was we belonged to this one church locally. And, uh, well, we're not there now. But we were having a grand opening to the church. And uh, I asked the pastor who was going to greet the people as they came in. And he said, we all are. Now, we had this one lady. <laughs> that was so evil. Well, she was. She, was, she, she had was a, a difficult, difficult personality. personality. <laughs> right. We, we had this one lady who has such a difficult personality, boy. When she spit in the grass, the grass would die. Okay. I mean, she. She. I'm like. A and everybody the knew it. And yeah. the pastor's like, "Well, I'm like, how you gonna have somebody who's the meanest person you know, gonna welcome to the house of the Lord? Now, everybody got their strengths and weaknesses. Now." Everybody can't just get on a platform and start preaching. They just can't. Everybody ain't built for that. And everybody don't have to be. But I'm just saying, some people can sing, some people can't. You know, you got to put people where they are going to thrive. You have to put people in and in, in, in make sure you set up the environment in which they can be most successful. When you got somebody who will just make everybody want to line up in the hell line because of the way they treat me right now in the flesh. You don't want them to be the greeters at your door. It just, it just is is something off with that, you know? And, you know, then the pastor of that church said, you know, he didn't want any more members. I mean, it wasn't a big church. It was, it was, it was relatively, you know, 20, 30 people. And he was like, I don't want no more people than this. And I'm like, then why are you having grand openings and doing this, that, and the other if you don't want no more people? Because uh, this one lady told me, you can control a few or you can lead thousands. And there are a lot of pastors who just basically want to control a few. And that's sad. But we're not saying just because anybody's acting up, can't say nothing to them, don't say nothing. No. The Bible says, mark them that causes division among you. And ignore them. That's what the Bible says, not me. So when we're saying this and we're going over different things, we're not saying that, you know, you can't have your opinion. Of course you can. 
just make sure it's God's opinion too. <laughs> we ain't saying that, you know, you 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 can't mark things. Because if you see something, you got to say something. If you see one of these uh, people in your church, you know, um, having impromptu closed door meetings with little girls or something like that, you better bring that to somebody's attention. Nobody's saying turn a blind eye to everybody's, uh, you know, doings just because, you know, you want to say, well, I'm just going to pray for them. No, you better say something <laughs> because that's just wrong. That's wrong. Okay, just so you know, we just just want to, just want you to. There are reasons why people got to get kicked out of the church. There are, and it's even in the Bible. So we're not saying people can never get kicked out. You can never criticize. You can never. Uh, it's, we're just trying to say you need to take your judgmental temper sometime, and that's all you think about is judging twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. When you go to church, you just got your eagle eyes out on. You know, you want to bust out a ruler to see how long her skirt is and see, uh, 23 and a half inches. Oh, I'm sorry, that's too much. You're sinning. You can go home now. Oh, how long is your hat? And get a little tape measure. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Because men look on the outward appearance and God looks upon the heart. And out of abundance of the, of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And you let people talk long enough, they will tell you exactly where they are. You got people so crazy, they will actually laugh about ripping off old people. They will mock about, you know, stealing stuff from family members. And they laugh and think it's funny. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe you would tell that story. It's, it's, it's crazy. No, I'm blessed. I know. I'm blessed. You know, and it's like I am so busy uh, doing some of the things that I have to do. I, I see everybody as a resource. I don't see some anybody and say, oh, no, you can't use them. Can't do it. No, there's a place for everybody. And God helps you put people in their proper places, you know. And I'm happy. So I guess I'm always happy for people. And, you know, that's why me and Dennis can't talk anymore. Because everybody I bump into, I want them to reach their goals the same way I'm reaching mine. And they get inspired by that. And me and Dennis used to always talk at break. But now, every time I go over there, uh, some people beat me over there. Because they say, oh, I know he's going to talk to Dennis. But I just want to talk to him for a second. And then they end up taking up the whole break and everything. You know, I just smile. And I go, and Dennis like, you're a better man than me. And I'm like, you just got to get to know these people, man. <laughs> you know? But I think... Um, Deep down, my my heart and my spirit, I pray, is right with the Lord. I'm not, I don't want to put anybody out. I'm not going to judge anybody for what they're wearing. I was homeless before. It's not it's not an easy thing. People don't choose the situation that they find themselves in, you know. And sometimes they don't have enough uh, God in them to overcome certain situations that they find themselves in. That's no reason to hate, because life can hit you hard. It can hit you real hard. And like my wife said, that's why, you know, people get bitter. But one thing Dennis did say about the uh, the um, the whole story that, you know, it wasn't found in all the Gospels. And he just told just this just to his disciples because they said that the parables were only made for people in the spirit. So when Jesus told the multitude parables, it was kind of like a, a wide a wide like um a wide shot basically because everybody wouldn't receive it the same only if you were with the spirit only if god had his hand on you would it reveal it to you and the reasons without jesus even giving you the answers and he did it in such a way where he wouldn't offend those 
who wouldn't get it. They just think, oh, okay, that's a nice story. But they were still going about their business. Now, don't get me wrong. The Pharisees and the Sadducees always had an agenda. And they was always trying to get him to say something wrong because Jesus was too popular. Jesus was like the Beatles back then. And imagine being one of the other uh, music groups coming up. And then you got Jesus coming in. It's like, oh, he's taking all of our attention. People looking to him more than they looking to us. And then just the jealousy kicks in. It's like, well, we got to get him and stop him at all costs. Why? Because their ego got messed up. But we have to be clear. You are not God. You never will be. Me either. So if only thing that's on your mind is who you don't like and who you are judging up one side and down the other, if you ain't praying for him, you're in the wrong. Period. Yeah, I was just thinking with that last statement, if you're not praying for him, you're in the wrong. If their name is going to be in your mouth let it be unto the lord seriously that's the best route to go because god knows everything we see parts and pieces you know little snapshots of people's lives and then we think oh we can have something to say but like i said if if their if their name hits your mouth let it be lord jesus bless them help them open their eyes soften their hearts if that's the problem you know god you know help them and you know help me Help me, Lord, soften my heart so that when I see people, I don't see the outside, but I see their heart. Give me your eyes. Like that song says, give me your eyes that I can see. Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. We always have this deep need to feel like we are better than someone else. Oh, and look at them. They did this. So that makes you better than them? I understand, because last time I checked, you had problems, too. <laughs> last time I checked, you had struggles, too. But the fact that you want to point somebody else out and the fact that you're talking about them means nobody's talking about you at the time, that doesn't mean you're any better. You're only one car accident away from being in a place you never thought you'd be. Just one. And you got to keep God in his place to make sure he don't put you in yours because it can get it can get very ugly out there it really can and when you want to run around saying you know i'm fighting on the lord's side no you ain't no you ain't because if they was to stone you you'd be cussing them out trying to pick up rocks and throw back stefan got stoned he just prayed for him and so you know ask yourself could you go through what stefan went through and still not berate all the people who are doing you wrong blatantly right in front of you I don't think I could. That Jesus even explained this later on in the in the um, in the chapter. He explained it to his disciples. He had a more broader view on it. Mm -hmm. um, it was more of, um, of uh, who he was, who they were in, in retrospect, and the enemy that was controlling the people who we had who controlling the tares, the one who put the tares in. So. I mean, I'm just going back on what you said earlier that um, that 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 um, we are in a spiritual war, being uh, on the Lord's side. God has an enemy; He's become our enemy. Right. And um, and um, <laughs> I did say Jesus picked the fight. I mean, he he did say they were wicked and adulterous generation. <laughs> <It> still is, <laughs> and and um, 
when they asked him um, for, for, for a miracle, he said there'll only be, you know, one sign shown. And that's the sign of, of, of the prophet uh, uh, Jonah. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's so much when you when you pushing and and, 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 and and you shoving. When you mention the Beatles, I, I can I can imagine. You know, I sing too. We dance this but we dance better than them. Right. And they the one got all the girls screaming and got all the big concerts. I mean my ticket sales went down 20% when these guys came to America. No, 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 I'm just making this up, you know. Right. But can you imagine? Right, that's the way it was. These dudes come from Liverpool, England, over to America, and now they got the party over there, and the party used to be over here. And uh, we we sang just as good a song as they sang. Right. We all entertainers together, mm-hmm. and that was the issue with the entertainment uh, world. Now there's also issues with the church, mm-hmm. and, and, and 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 it's going to also be um, issues with the world, with the governments, and and then when and whatever. So so that's why when you understand Jesus' parable, he's letting you know that God set all this in motion, mm-hmm. and through His Son, He gave life and light to the world. But here comes the enemy planting. His seed of destruction over everything and all things. And in order for us to um, to overcome, we must choose the side of good, the side of power with God. Right. Or we will become that tear. Mm-hmm. And we, we will become the problem. You know, so, um, I mean, I, I, and, and like you said... The problem is not something that we're supposed to accept. To let this sit there and fester, because you know the old saying, that one old apple can spoil a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. All it takes is a little bit for weak minds. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they were over here, and now they're listening to what they saying because now it's fun, different, colorful, and wrong. And God is saying, Come back unto me, my chosen. And that's the problem with the terror coming in with the wheat. But God said, even at that, there's times when when the, when the church can uh, handle certain issues. With, like you said, when it comes down to some stuff, there's something that ain't supposed to be going on, period. If you can put a stop to it, put a stop to it. It makes sense. The law say the law would tell you that, right? You know, but then there are other things that are more general, whatever. And it seems like it's just you know, attitude wise, it seems like it might just thinking wise. I mean, I, I don't know all the issues they're going to have, but you know, it's going to be issues. There's going to be issues, but he says that be careful with some of these issues, then because you're gonna you're gonna have issues with good people as well as you have with the, with, with the bad people. And at those times, um, let the reapers do their jobs. And uh, just be watchful and prayerful. Amen. Yeah, watchful, watchful and, and prayerful. prayerful. Yes, absolutely. Because, um, oh my goodness, I forgot what I was going to say. It was good, too. I, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I was, I'm probably I'm jealous because I wanted to say what you had said, even though you don't know what you were saying. <laughs> oh, I knew what I was saying. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm jealous. I wanted to say that.
couldn't no. understand that. Like um, with the terrors themselves, the the enemy came in and sprinkled the mm. other seed. That's like the devil comes into the church and plants different ones, you know. And I mean, let's just mm. go that far. Yeah. Let's say he planted a witch in the church but discord amongst the brethren so it's discord amongst the brethren yes let's say there was a witch is one of these tears or whatever but now that witch is in the house of god right and as long as she hasn't blasphemed or he hasn't blasphemed um because you know there's only one unforgivable sin um and they're in god's territory they could be saved yes and so if we pluck them up out which you know again there are i don't mean like just ignore everything we have to we have to use wisdom but i mean they're in the house of god you just pray for god for discernment the ability to see in the spiritual sight instead of the carnal sight and to pray the way god would want you to pray because that's how he moves is when we're praying when we're seeking his face and then you know he's able to use us as a conduit to do his work here on earth but if we have roadblocks up like no 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 i know this and i know that and i need to pluck this and i need to pluck that and god's like oh you know how long it took me to get this person in the house of god now you trying to pull him out wow never thought of that that's crazy patience that him time yeah, but like I said, you know, people who don't have a calling in life, damage, tries to damage the people who do. Yeah. And, you know, if you, they just frustrate them. It's like, you know, it's friendly fire, man. We, we want to go after the uh, enemy so deep that we just start to see the enemy everywhere we look. Yeah, we're just spraying bullets like it don't like it don't even matter. I mean, and nothing is more dangerous than a terror that don't even know is a terror. That's the truth. A terror tear. Both. <laughs> They're a terrorist when it comes to the church, and they swear they're fighting on the side of angels when yes. all of a sudden, no, you're not. Never even knew, had the best of intentions, smiling all the time. And then he says, uh, did I not baptize in your name? <laughs> you guys stand and like, not only don't I know you, I never wanted to. Gladys sings, um, until 1968, you couldn't be black and be in that church. Because anybody who had dark How skin. they line up with the word of God. Yes, that's what I meant to say. That's what I meant. Yeah, you know, it was the wrong zip code, time period, yeah. How, how these other denominations don't line up properly with the word of God. You know, because like I was saying that the uh, Mormons believe that if you were black, black people walked the earth just to remind everybody that the devil was here. That was their denominational line, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. No apologies, no dis... And then, like I said, 1968... I think 68, 69, one of them, check it out. I'm not lying. Uh, they changed the rules to say, okay, blacks are people too. Well, you know what? If you ain't know I was a person before I got here. Who were they before they were Mormons or whatever you say is Latter-day Saints? I don't know. But they want to ignore that whole conversation. So when they knock on your door and say, have you heard the good news? Yeah, y'all finally letting black people in. And then you can just close the door. Because 
Uh, I mean, stuff I like that was in their doctrine. I got issues. And I have issues with denominations issues. who change with the times. I, I would honestly respect them more, which is not much, if they would have stuck to what they said in the beginning. Because if, if that's what you believe, hey, roll with that. But to say, this is our doctrine going back as far as you want to go. This is how we treated black people. This is how it was. And I ain't just saying that because I'm black. I'm just saying it because it's ignorant. It's an ignorant stance to have. And now when they knock on your door, they don't even want to talk about it. That's crazy. They'll love bomb you to death until you, you know, get into their midst. And then they just treat you like they did, you know, at least black people before 1968, uh, 69. But I'm feeling better now. You are? Because now I'm going to put into, into practice what we just spoke of earlier. Now I'm going to try to understand that there's growth there. Right. Now, listen, I'm going to always be watchful and prayerful about it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, get listen, that back listen, door open. Listen, 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 listen. And, I, you know, because you never know. You never know. And but the idea is we're always hopeful that the change mm-hmm. has come. Yes. And that the acceptance is um is uh is whatever it's supposed to have been in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, because when you think about it, it's it's like it, that sounded kind of like racist. Now, when I say that. I mean, I mean. That's why I said, who were they before they were Mormons? Because right. you call yourself people of God now, mm-hmm. but then you know that there was. A, I think that you got to have issues to be, to be a racist. Well, because there's no way you can be a child of God and a racist at the same time. Because that is it's, it's, why, it's, right. It's it's, it's a, you understand what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to help the people out here. There's no way you can say the God who made everybody. Do a separation line because of the color of your skin. Right. If that was the case, then what did he do with his son comparable to the people who he was leading? Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't all. Were they all? Because I can ask the question. Well, how can how can he send his son as a baby to Egypt to Africa mm-hmm. to hide? Wouldn't he stick out like a sore thumb if he wasn't? Or if he was? Right. I'm not going to go there. Well, you don't have to. So now I'm back to the Mormon Mormon people. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you're a Mormon and I, you're listening to this, we, eyes we ain't been open. You. No, I know. Eyes have been open. and they, but, but you know you know how we are when it comes to trust issues sometimes. Well, yeah. Sometimes you might say, well, you know, I never had none before, but now I got three of them now. Friends. Right, <laughs> you know, and it's always like, well, am I one? <laughs> am I the fourth one now? Right. I right. mean, because you never know. You never know. Sometimes you don't know how deeply rooted their um, um, feelings were. Can I go that feelings were for black mm-hmm. people back in the past? Right, but and now, and now we're all accepting them. Right. You know, is it is it wholeheartedly? Is is it spiritually well, motivated? Well, they I like it if it's spiritually motivated because then they can't help themselves. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't think it was spiritually. No, 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 I like them thinking it was spiritually motivated because I hope that it's genuine, and we can all make it together. 
No, I told I, you I, it's a number we wait on. I, I can't know, throw nobody I away. We ain't trying to throw nobody away, oh, but right, it's kind of like you, you throw yourself away. <laughs> <laughs> when you get on these trains, and he, when you get on these buses. And you're the good one. Believe me, you're better than you. You're nicer than I am, And it's bro. like, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm serious. Right. I uh, know, I know. You know, it's, it's like, how can somebody knock on your door? You find out the whole history of them, and then you say, yeah, I'm with you. Now you know we didn't like blacks. So yeah, I know, but I'm with you. You know, you guys are so nice to me, and you guys treat me good, and I'm black. So you look at it like you look at it. Like, what, what do y'all want? Right. <laughs> because it's like, you know, how, how do you just stop and ignore? And ignore all of they now. Some people might say, "Well, gee, Dave, you know, if they just if they prayed and they got it right now, isn't that all that matters?" Well, you got to ask yourself: Do you want to be part of a denomination that changes with the times, or do you want to be part of a denomination that says what it says, and and the Word of God says what it says, and it ain't going to change? The fact that when you see black people is the sign that. You know, evil walks the earth. That's your biblical definition. And you're going to carry that for how long? Okay, and so what's next? I can't, I, I, I refuse to be a part of a church denomination that keeps changing with the times. Because if thou shalt not kill, then that should always be thou shalt not kill. It shouldn't, you shouldn't have to change the Ten Commandments to fit the times. You know what I mean? If if God's word is God's word in the beginning, not sometimes at the start of this. <laughs> you know, you, you you just can't change stuff to fit how you feel. You got to change how you feel to fit what the Bible says. I don't know, man. I think they got I, I think they got different Jesuses for different they people. They do. <laughs> I think Jesus comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. People go to match, Jesus shopping. To match, because. I mean, and the only reason why I'm saying that is because um, I can see them in some kind of ways doing this for a Christ who they don't know, who they made up. Yeah. Okay, real quick, we're going to go around, because uh, it's, it's uh, you know, almost over here. Um, we're going to go around and give our uh, parting thoughts on the subject. And my parting thought is simply find your calling. Find what excites you. Find the mission that God has you on and pursue it. That's going to keep you out of so much trouble. That's going to keep you away from so much drama. That's not, and it's going to be harder for the world to seduce you into its way of doing things when you are so rooted in God's way. Okay? And, and your calling and your gift, don't let people corrupt it. Because a lot of people never make it to the uh, platform that they should be on because of the people that surround them. And that's tough. It really is. But just pray to God and ask him if you don't know what your calling is, just ask him, God, what is my calling? What do you have me here for? What do you need me to do? And if you don't get the answer right away, wait till tomorrow. <laughs> and then wait till the next day because God will show up and show you. And until then, read, study, sing, but don't let the bitterness of life get inside of you and and basically taint your soul you can do it i have you know, i know a lot of people who have you know it's just a matter of lining up with god and then praying every day doing your best you can to stay there because life is short you know trust me life is very short 
And this is our dress rehearsal. And God is waiting for us. B? I would say uh, spend time in prayer every single day. And, um, you know, half hour, hour. Spend that time in prayer just getting to know God, talking to Him, um, developing the, the relationship with Him that He wants to have with you. Um, and then also get into his word, read the Bible. And I know a lot of people will say, well, I try to read it, I don't understand it. Well, when you're spending time in prayer, ask God, Lord, open your word to me. I want to understand what you're saying. I want to, um, I want to know you, Lord, for who you are, not for who I think you are or who other people say you are. I want a personal relationship with you, Jesus. And then when it comes to people judge not that you be not judged you know what i mean so if you see something not nothing heinous we talked about that already but you know show love my people they'll know my people by the love they show one towards another and maybe that soul who's not getting it quite right and you're thinking oh that might be a tear or you're thinking wow they just can't get it together pray for that person go to that person maybe they need taught maybe they never knew maybe they never grew up in church maybe this is their first time you know experiencing the lord spend time with them go out for coffee or you know something like that but love god's people let god do the separating and uh, you do the praying And as for me, I say strengthen yourself as the wheat. That's good. I'm going to cut it out. No, that's good. That's it right there. Listen, um, read what you hear. Read up on what you hear. Mm -hmm. And study what you read. Amen. That's it. Nothing else needs to be said. I like that. Yeah. Um, That's good. Wow. Uh, This went longer than I thought it would and I pray that you got something from it and I hope we didn't come across too self-righteous or whatever the case may be because whatever we do in life we give all honor to God first and foremost yes I, I, I'm, I am a child of God before I am a husband before I'm black before I'm anything else I'm a child of God that is what I want to define me not the accolades of man but the blessing of God and uh, we love you. So um, thank you for tuning in. I'm David Walker. I'm Hiltrude Walker, also known as BB. And I'm Dennis Pixley. And we will see you next time on Just Talking About the Bus.